Hey, Chris Manning here from Locked on Cavs. Cavs basketball is back. Evan and I are here to talk about it on Locked on Cavs. Please hit subscribe on YouTube if you have not already. We're going to talk about the game, and the Cavs are actually back in action tomorrow night, 7.30 p.m. or today, if you're listening to this, in Atlanta. So we'll dive into that. Uh, but today's episode is all, by the way, just a reminder, I want to thank you for making Locked on Cavs your first listen every day. We're free and available on all platforms, including YouTube. Let's get into the show. You are Locked On Cavs, your daily Cleveland Cavaliers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, Evan, Cavs basketball is officially back. We obviously got a taste at summer league. Yeah, We've had some is. training camp stuff, uh, but they got smoked by the Chicago bulls. They may, they, they would say it got stampeded. Um, they the bulls were are you on know, parade. You're a beastie boys fan. There we go. Uh, I was trying to, I was trying to make like another, like running of the bulls joke, but I don't have it in me. It's, it's late. I'm not in yeah, uh, it's, post game recording it, shape. It's 11, 11, Chris, make a wish. My wish is for the Cavs to look semi-competitive tomorrow against the Hawks. And we have to recap that game. So, yeah, so we'll see what that looks like when they lose one thirty one to 95, uh, down by six after one outscored 36 to 21 in the second quarter outscored 44 to 24 in the third quarter and the, the the fourth quarter the Cavs won 23 to 18 so that was obviously scintillating preseason basketball I, I think I just want to couch this and I think I speak for you and this is that look like we're not gonna overreact to this if you're a fan who's pissed off I can understand that but I think the way my brain works is sort of and I think you, you and I are on the same wavelength here it's just like this is a lot of guys who have not played basketball in a long time. This is a, a starting lineup that had never played a minute of NBA basketball together before. Like, there's a lot of stuff that's going to take some time here. Like, I, I, like, I tracked some. I took some notes. I kind of stopped at a certain point. I'm tracking the rotation more effortfully this year, um, which we'll talk about a little bit. I think that's kind of my big thing I want to talk about, really. But even that, like, I stopped doing it at a certain point because I was just like, there's not really a reason for me to continue like doing this um, when, you know, there's just, there's a limit on how much this is going to matter. I mean, like I, I think I thought it was, I, I kind of don't know why he didn't get asked about it um, post game. And it's a failing on, on my part too, but like, I, I don't think it matters that like Ricky Rubio started the second half. He probably just wanted like a look at that lineup just for funsies. But Evan, any kind of broad thoughts before we kind of talk about stuff, I guess. Well, I, I agree with you in the sense that JV said this pregame, were you there for pregame media veil or no? Yes. Okay, because I asked, yeah, yeah, you were, sorry, because I asked JB if he was on crutches and then asked about Darius Garland being a leader. Um, he made it pretty clear that you should not read too much into any of the rotations that he deploys during the preseason. He's quite literally figuring out his rotations on the fly. He said that um, there's a learning curve for this team's offense. I think he made a lot of good points, and despite the fact that this is a very frustrating loss, it's you, you can't really set things up offensively or try this new offensive identity when you're, a couple steps out of sync and you have 22 turnovers like that. That's the backbreaking stat for the Cavs. And I like if you're a new listener, we usually do stat of the night, play of the night, MVP, things like that. But th there's nothing really to talk about in this game. So we'll see what happens. The Cavs going to be learning on the fly. Uh, this is a young team there that became pretty clear, pretty fast. Uh, the Bulls 
looked pretty fun. I think they're going to be an interesting team too. And yeah, there's not too much to read into the fact that Isaac Okoro got benched to start the second half. I think it's quite literally JB is trying for the first three quarters to see what rotations and sets work and don't work. So you can just pull the plug on them earlier instead of, you know, when these games actually count. Um, I, I do feel confident more so now saying that I think the over under for the Cavs is 26.5. I'm going to smash the under on that. Like I, I'm not really a betting man, but I actually might put a hundred dollars on the Cavs winning less than 26 games this year. <laughs> um, it's just the youth and inexperience is really going to come and bite them at the keister because there was a lot of small things I saw that were just like small mental mistakes, like Colin missing an easy read and getting blocked by Alonzo ball early in the first half or maybe midway yeah. in the first half. Like that there, was there's a bad some, look. There, there, there are some very easy things that if you just kind of handle them like a little bit differently, yeah. like a lot of my notes is like, this is just something that makes sense to me, but like wasn't executed in, in the yep. way you want. And like that, and Dar- that Darius was a little season. Darius was being a little too unselfish at times. He's a little gun shy. Like he still is. Ricky Rubio was a little too confident with his threes. Ricky's not really part of the young core here. So not too focused on uh, marketing was ice cold. I think maybe he was a little too jazzed to be playing against the bulls. I mean, it is what it is. It, it's the preseason. You get this stuff out. You work out some of the kinks. This is the first time they're playing competitive-ish basketball against not their own teammate. So uh, we're on to Atlanta. Uh, to quote Bill Belichick, I could say we're on to Cincinnati on this one. So just move on from it. It's not a huge deal. But yeah, I'm going to smash the end on that one. Like The Cavs, I feel pretty comfortable in saying that they will be floating with that first overall pick. And maybe Emity Bates will be an option for the Cleveland Cavs. Uh, well, he, he's ineligible for the draft for two years. I'm, well, I'm just I'm a just big fa- old idiot. I'm just fact checking you live, buddy. That's what, I, what we do here. Um, so listen, my, 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 like my, this, my next year's like the Chet Holmgren. That's like the Chet Holmgren class. Oh my God. If it's Chet Holmgren, Kobe Altman's salivating and adding another big man to this roster. Okay. But let, I don't want to talk. I don't want to get, I don't, we're not, ta- I'm putting a moratorium on the podcast now. I'm not talking about the 2022 draft after this until like 2022 May. until May. I'm not talking about it for a long time. I don't care right now. I don't care. I'm going to um, break that solemn oath. I'm going to slowly drag no. you in. OU is going to have a promising season. We'll talk about some BS Matt guard and how excited you'll get it. You'll get his, uh, his Jersey framed. <laughs> if it's a Cavs Jersey hanging on your back wall next to the LeBron's giving Steph, the stink eye picture behind you. That's how I'll rope Look, you in. And then I'll be like, yo, did you see what Chet's been doing up at Gonzaga? We're not doing that. Um, I tend or to like, Paolo like, Banchero. Yeah, I only know um, that name because of NBA 2K. That's it. Okay, we're done with this. Um, I I think like the quote that I thought just stood out for me, kind of from post game stuff, was like, AJB talked about the continuous learning process. He used that word specifically. That makes sense to me. Um, wins and lessons, I think, is a good framework for for kind of what we're doing here and kind of talking about a lot of this. I think that that should be their internal kind of thing. Um, and then Too also, look, you can't just stare at a championship banner when being asked a question during practice. Oh. Yeah. Um, and it looks like you can you can't turn the ball over 22 times and play good offense like that. That's just true. I, I think that if there's something I did like um, from the from the first half and we'll, I think the second segment we'll talk about the nine guys that really played the bulk of the minutes here. I, I like that they were like actively trying to at least move the ball up the floor and at, at, at a pace like it, it didn't look like they were comfortable with it yet. It didn't look like they were everything was always coherent. Um 
It, like it felt like the, they were like a step or two too fast. Well, yeah, it doesn't feel like they know exactly how to play at that pace yet, and that's like to be expected. Like I, I, I mean, this could mm-hmm. be a very brutal start to the year for this team. It wouldn't, it wouldn't surprise me if that's if that's the case. But like last year, there's a lot of times where I'm like, okay, there's you're just getting the ball past half court, and you, there's only 18 seconds left on the shot clock. Like you don't have the one-on-one isolation guys to kind of make some of that more palatable for you. Um, you you like pl- again it's going to take time i want to see some like it didn't feel like the the chemistry is there in terms of kind of cuts being sort of organic and guys kind of flowing into stuff or like you know we only we saw like that one double drag variation where mobley dribbled in from the three point line and i was like oh oh buddy this is this is exciting so there's some stuff that i think you can be into uh but it, i think it's there's a limited scope of what i would feel good about i'm against first preseason game they've been practicing for like 10 days like, like this is gonna be ugly. Like, there's just no way around it. Like, the Bulls just have like, the Bulls like yes, also had like a ton of new players and by, by comparison and stuff. But like, those are guys that have like been around and like know how to play professional basketball. Like, yeah, those guys kind of know like, what they're doing. The Bulls have added like an assembled cast of star caliber like, players and like Demar Derozan's players. been around, man. Like that dude knows how to play basketball. Caruso, like, he, like guys like that, like Lonzo, like those guys know how to play. Like. Speaking like, like, of those J- three J- players, well, when like, Dotton rolled out a lineup of DeRozan, Caruso, and Lonzo, I was just like, ooh, I can mess with this. This looks fun, and it was fun. This I, Bulls I, team I, on paper is like has a lot of things I like from a yeah. basketball team. Yeah. Uh, one other thing I just want to shout out is a fun thing was there was a moment where Isaac Okoro played off ball defense and prevented it, poked the ball out of bounds and prevented an open three point like from the corner. I just love that man playing off ball defense. That is just extremely my extremely my stuff. Um, Isaac Okoro is a fun player. I Austin Carr, by the way, loves Isaac Okoro. Austin Carr likes anything positive. Yeah, but I, he was like he was just like really into Okoro and really into Lamar Stevens. Like he has a he seemingly has a type. That was just notable. It's not a bad thing. My favorite thing. I I cannot believe I'm saying this. My favorite thing I missed is when an opposing player hits a three. It's like a backbreaking, like a backbreaking three that is already on an already broken back. Your AC just go. Whoa. Just like, (laughs) let's take a quick break though. And let's, uh, let's pay those bills. Yeah. You got to tell everyone first about our friends at Sweatblock. That is true. Today's episode of Locked on Cast is brought to you by Sweatblock. It is doctor-created, doctor-recommended. It works for up to seven days per use. Dry shirt guaranteed. And if Sweatblock doesn't keep you dry, you get your money back. It's featured and tested on the Rachel Ray Show by Firefighters. And it is a bestseller on Amazon for the past 10 years. Over 13,000 reviews. And currently, they're number one on Amazon's antiperspirant category. I'm partially responsible Whoa. for that because I've been stocked. Whoa. As AC would say, I've been stocking up on some sweat block myself. And for those who want to support this great country, it is manufactured in the USA. So God bless America. And the key message is here, folks. I'm wearing sweat block right now. This is a gray t-shirt and my pits are bone dry and I can wear whatever I want. And I have, it's my little secret to my confidence and it is a must have for everyone's toiletry bag, whether it's for the big presentation or a hot date, everyone can benefit thanks to sweat block. So if you or someone you love is dealing with this, you have to check out Sweatblock. Get it today for 20% off at sweatblock.com with promo code locked on or at Amazon or CVS. Also got to tell you about our friend at Sleeper. And in 2018, the fantasy experts at Sleeper realized that fantasy basketball is broken. Games were being won and lost based on whose players had more scheduled games that week. It made no sense and required very little strategy. So in 2020, Sleeper released a brand new way of playing fantasy basketball 
It's called Game Pick, and it's only available on Sleeper. And Game Pick owners pick a single game per week for each starter to count towards the team's total score, ensuring an even number of games played between opponents. So in Game Picks, you pick one game per week for each player based on player matchups, home versus away, opponents, defensive rating, pace of play, and more. All of that adds up to more strategy and less busy work. So whether you play Redraft, Keeper, or Dynasty, Game Picks has you covered. Sleeper's one-of-a-kind game pick is the most strategic fantasy basketball experience in the industry, so you got to check it out. They've cracked the fantasy basketball code, so go download the Sleeper app and start a league with your friends today. You won't be disappointed. Evan, okay, so here are the nine Cavaliers players that J.B. Bickerstaff played for the bulk of this game. The guys that sort of, even though like he, he will tell you this doesn't mean anything, whatever. If we're going to take something away from this, and I think we kind of have to because it, it, it is the reality. Here are the nine guys that played. Starters, as we knew, Garland, Sexton, Okoro, Mobley, Allen. Um, the, then you had Rubio. You had Markkinen as the first two guys off the bench, subbed in very quickly early. I think probably that will not be the case. You know, I, I, I imagine the starters are going to play more than like four minutes together, um, you know, once we get into the season, but that's what it was tonight. Kevin Love and Jetty Osmond, those were the nine. What do you make of that? What, what did you think of, of what we kind of saw of those nine guys as kind of like the, the, the rotation as we understand it right now? I think those first eight are your most obvious options. I think we need to ask JB about this a little bit more. I JB needs to be a little honest about it too. Um, is Kevin Love going to play on back to backs or are you going to rest him on the second of a back to back or the first? Like that gives a little versatility and fluidity for that eighth or like say eighth and ninth man spot. And then the 10th man can be your specialist as JB puts it. So that could be your Lamar Stevens. That could be your Dan, Dean way. That could even be your Dylan Windler. If Dylan Windler is actually, you know, used off a screen three point situation. Mm, I just, I Dylan took a three tonight. And it broke my heart. Cause I'm just like, I, I want to see you actually shoot the rocks some more, but I think Jetty is the last one in this rotation. I think he's the one who's actually truly fighting for a rotation spot. And I can firmly say that it's that first five plus Rubio marketed and love as like the core, not, not necessarily like young core, but just core eight players that'll be playing on a night to night basis. If it's a back to back, you remove love from that equation. That's seven players. So you have Osmond battling for that ninth man spot. And then you have like the Dean Waits, the Dylan Windlers, the Lamar Stevens, um, even the uh, Denzel Valentines of the world too, battling. Who got for that booed night. every time he touched the ball? Funnily, in this, not funnily, I guess, but like he got booed literally. Touches the ball for half a second, and the the not full crowd in Chicago is like letting him have it. I wonder if they saw me quoting him on Twitter because well, I'm sure uh, they, I'm Chicago sure they fans saw were the, not happy I'm, about. Yeah, what I'm he sure said. they saw the. I'm sure they saw the quote the quote itself, but yeah. I mean, whatever Chicago's in a better place and both players that the Cavs now have got booed, but either way, um, check out locked on bulls to listen to their perspective on it. Cause, uh, yeah, bulls they're, they're prob- knowing, knowing, knowing Matt Peck is probably ecstatic. Um, my, my hottest take Evan coming out of this game is that I just, uh, I was, I was is- setting you up for this one. I was putting the yeah. te- ball on the tee for you. letting you smack this one out of the park. Cause I like this take. Tell I've me been about. Lamar. I've been Lamar Stevens built. <laughs> I, I think that guy, you got look. You took you took the blue pill and not just blue like Nittany Lion. Blue. A Nittany Lion bit me, and I and his name's Bill Filippo. Um, no, Bill Filippo appeared to you in the trench coat and neo glasses, and he said, "Blue pill or blue pill, you had no choice." 
Yeah, I actually did alert him in the Uproxx Slack about this, and he called the Cavs a poverty franchise as a joke for not for not playing them. Um, look, here's the thing. I want to say to in Jetty's defense, there's a couple little things that I thought he did. Okay, he had a nice cut from the corner that was like, yeah, I really okay, like that know. play. That was the one play I really like. We were talking about like offensive tweaks. I'm like, yeah, no, I really like that just because so, we'll talk about it. Yeah, yeah. So he did that. He made a corner three. Um, had that nice when he it was one time he ran a pick and roll. He had he made the kind of pass where it's like okay, like he sort of knew that Ru- Rubio was going to rotate back up and like was going to be there to kind of take the ball and the off keep the offense moving in that direction. That was at least something good he did. But like, I think if you play Lamar Stevens, concerns like he played garbage minutes. Not not that he was garbage, but like in garbage time where like he was basically running point because like Pangos was pretty bad. Um, and looks like athletically, like he's going to have to, there's going to be an adjustment for him there. Like Lamar is like, Jetty got back cut to death by Zach Levine. Like Zach Levine had this incredible dunk where he just basically back cut on Jetty from the corner. Yammed it. Jetty's defense was like pretty bad against Levine, but like also guys like Matt Thomas who like couldn't crack in Toronto for a couple of years. Like, I, I again like Lamar's shooting is like a, a wart. He did take two threes, missed both of them. Um, you know, looked okay form wise. I would say like I'm not an expert or anything, but like didn't look like like his elbow was like out out here or anything like that. Mm-hmm. Like Lamar is not going to get like back cut, and Lamar is going to like compete and be jacked and like be competitive. And like I kind of would rather have that as my ninth guy. I'm pilled. I'm Lamar pilled. He took the. I'm so glad you're finally agreeing with me here. Um, Lamar Stevens is quite literally like the type of player that JB Bickerstaff wants. And when it comes well, to like, the I, I fell in love. Like, the thing is, like, I just want to say, just real quick, I this is payback for you interrupting me a lot. Um, I got pilled by Lamar last year, and then I was like, talk myself out of it. Like, I got really. I was hey, like, time after, out. Like, I what? think saying getting pilled is not a good thing. That's that sounds like really sketchy. Let's try something like, else here. I, I I was enticed by Lamar Lamar Stevens you're, last year. That sounds just as bad. Let's just say your third eye was open. No, I'm not Kyrie. Um, I uh, I I thought Lamar was good last year, and I felt like when he played, like he did positive things and like played hard, and it's just like I can live with that. And then it's just like. I think you just think about like the some of the the the, the non modern things that he does and and whatever and like that he that doesn't have like some of the rounded game that you might want or whatever. And then I just am like I think like on a team that um on a team that like clearly has like wing depth issues. I just think like. I, I'm intrigued. I'm just intrigued. I, I kind of want like tomorrow night. Like we'll talk about this in the when we talk about the Hawks game at the end here. But like, I kind of just want to see him get the Jetty minutes just just for funsies. I do too. Um, I, I'm really sorry for interrupting you, man. I just I, I really like talking Cavs with my best friend Chris Manning. Sue me, jeez. I actually the papers are coming. We have the same lawyer, so this is going to be awkward. Yeah, it's, it's it's Ashley Bessox, our lawyer. You know, I can see it. it's the real power move on her part. She's she's yeah. a mover and a shaker, but yeah. yeah, I agree with you, man. Like Lamar. So to my original point, uh, JV Vickerstaff is looking for the following things from his wing. He wants speed and athleticism. You just put those two together because he wants to play. I think 
I really do think JV Bickerstaff during his time off watched a lot of like old Top Gear, maybe some Grand Tour, and heard Jeremy Clarkson say you can solve everything <laughs> with speed and power. Um, so that's like that's a kind of feels like JV's philosophy now. This is just my scatterbrain talking now too, but he's looking for that. He's looking for shooting. He's looking for defense, and I think Lamar possesses two of those three things, and I think that earns him some fr- those rotation minutes as well. And maybe you theoretically put Markin next to him. You can put Love next to him because Kevin Love looked not well, bad tonight. Yeah, like well, did Kevin Love, Love just covered the perimeter? Love and Markin together. I'm go- I, I'm good if we never see that again. That yeah. was like oh buddy. Oh, buddy, this doesn't work. Um, just let's let's end this. I have one more point. I, I let's talk about Kevin Love for one second, then we'll go to the Hawks thing. Did you, I got a real kick out of the fact that like he had like there's that classic op. They ran a pick and pop with him, and he it was a very classic. I'm gonna shot fake, and then I'm gonna lead my shoulder in. But they're not mm-hmm. calling that now, so we had to pass it, and that that led, I believe, to the jetty uh, corner yes. cut. Yes. Um, just just I was like in real time, my brain was like, oh, like he can't do this anymore. Like he, he yeah. had to like add, pass the ball and actually play basketball. And it was a IMO, a better product for us to watch. I have a counterpoint to that. I thought yeah. it was really funny during the Cavs broadcast that they showed Steph Curry oh, making yeah. the illegal move and Kevin Love yeah. making the legal move because there is a legality to it. If it looks like a fluid yeah. shot motion, they'll uh, call yeah. foul on the defender. Well, Mobley like got baited baiting. by DeRozan on this in the yeah. first half, I think. He had, it was like in the three. It wasn't like a three-point shot, but it was like he did the... Oh, it's DeMar DeRozan. Of course it's not a three-point shot. <laughs> uh, also, he, I, hit, he hit like a long two, and I'm just like, oh, yeah. We're back. We're baby. back. Yeah, but the other the last thing on this game, then I never want to talk about it again. Um Leanne, my wife, came out in the living room one point when I was watching. I should, I said, look at the score, and all she had to say was yuck, and then she made this face. So, Cavs, you failed. Mm. Failed. Let's take another break. Let's pay some bills, and we will talk yeah. about the Hawks after this. Yeah, so look, got to tell everyone about our friends at Bet Online. We're back, and we're better than ever. All eyes on the gridirons. Teams are back for another football season. As always, BetOnline is your number one spot for all the pro and college football action this season with a new updated site and interface and even more odds, props, and contests. BetOnline continues to be the number one source for everything football. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Don't forget to use the promo code Locked On to receive your bonus from football, bo- basketball, boxing, right to your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports. That's Bet Online, where the game starts. Okay, Evan, Cavs, Hawks, Wednesday, October 6th in Atlanta. What do, mm-hmm. what are you looking for? Well, for the Hawks, we, they have no Bondanovich. They have no Capella. Uh, DeAndre Hunter is probable. They have no Okongwu, which we already knew that one. Trey Young is doubtful. I, I'm hoping to see more Lamar Stevens minutes off the top. Like I think you make a really good point about that. Like why not? JD needs to figure out this wing rotation sooner instead of later. Like there's going to be a lot of experimenting. We're going to have to watch the two timelines of player development and remaining competitive. Too there's Mike Punch getting ready to compete for the playoffs sooner instead of later because I think there's going to be some external pressure and internal pressures rather as well. Um, it, it's. I'm not really looking for much. I think maybe maybe a little bit more competition. I think Atlanta being a little hampered might 
and you know the, the Hawks being a good team, they might not really come out guns blazing like the Bulls did. But who knows? Maybe because they're playing against their home crowd, they will. Um, excited to see Isaac and Colin have a homecoming in Atlanta. They're always excited to come back there, and um, I'm intrigued to see if Kevin Love plays. Maybe we can get a real idea of whether or not he will be available and um, maybe taco fall connects with the team too. I gather that he had a visa issue and that is like a work visa issue. So that's why he wasn't able to play with the Cavs um, or go on this trip with the Chicago. Cause he sort him that out. So that's why he was listed as out and didn't travel with the team. So I don't know. Maybe we'll just take a look at some of these other fringe guys. Um, maybe get some more Kevin Pangos minutes. I, I I'm interested by him. Like, it's clear that he may not be like NBA NBA ready, but there's something there. And I think I need to see more minutes of him not playing with garbage dudes in order to see that happen. So maybe a little less Rubio because he banged knees to somebody tonight and you let him rest up a little bit and you play a little bit more Pangos and you kind of see what you have there instead. Yeah. Let's see if I, you know, I kind of would expect Kevin won't play. We'll kind of find out uh, pregame. You know, kind of what JB has to say about that. Like there, there's some tweaks, you know, and I want to see how like, you know, one of the things we're going to, I think going to see is like Colin had to start out this game um, on Lonzo and tomorrow um, he may start out defending Cam Reddish and both these guys are bigger. Like that's just going to be a thing. We're going to see more of him. I think defending kind of bigger opposing guard It's just going to be a, a thing. We're going to have to see Colin, how he navigates it. Um, and I, let's just see if they look more comfortable. I mean, one of the Colin yeah. and, and Evan Mobley were the two guys who spoke. Colin Sachs and Evan Mobley were the two guys who spoke post game, and they both were just like, "Look, like we needed to get some jitters out. We need to just kind of get this one out of our system. It was our first game back, all that stuff." I can buy that, right? Like I can buy that as like a thing to some extent. I don't necessarily believe that tomorrow we're going to get to it to the end of the game and think like, "Okay, the Cavs have like." Their, their nerves are gone. The adjustment period's over, blah, blah, blah. Like, that's not how this is going to work. But do they look more comfortable? Do they look, you know, a little more settled after getting to play a game? It's tough to do a back-to-back so quickly early in the preseason. Um, welcome to the NBA, Evan Mobley. Just getting a chance to, like, go to have to, like, fly from one city in the, it, you know, it's a, only an hour time difference, but with the time difference and, like, really get into that right away. I was curious to see how he kind of um, feels about that if we hear from him after the game and whatever. But, like, uh, this isn't again as you noted. This isn't a full strength Atlanta team either. Um, there's no reason for Trey to play in this game. They have a bunch of other really good players injured. Like it's not going to be like scintillating. Like it's not going to be as nearly stacked of a team, you know, as the Cavs saw in, in Chicago. Like it's it's going to be a little bit different. So I'm curious to see, you know, what this looks like. I guess, but um, I have a hard time like getting too invested in any like preseason stuff. I guess. Yeah, it's silly to get worked up over preseason basketball. You just, I mean, JB said it off the top. Don't take too much stock from what he is and isn't trying to do with the rotations. Um, you kind of just want to look at some of these players individually, maybe see what they do and don't have. Like some of the new additions, you want to maybe keep a closer eye on. I think Isaac Coro. If you get a more clear identity of what and where he's at offensively, maybe Evan Mobley too. Like Evan Mobley looked really good defensively. Like he looked great on switches tonight against Chicago. He looked great defending the rim. He, uh, JB apparently challenged him to gobble up as many defensive boards as he could. And I think he finished the night with a double double, which is encouraging. Um, uh, and then two, found, two rebound, two, two oh, rebound, two rebound short. double double. Oh, yeah. my apologies. So I must have put the two blocks in my head with the eight rebounds and just assumed it was 10. But either way, um, he got his spots offensively. I maybe maybe 
they get Mobley some looks on the perimeter too, maybe just to give me an idea of where he's at as a three-point shooter. But all in all, I'm not going to hold too much, carry too much weight on this one. I'm not super high on this Cavs win potential to begin. This Cavs team's win potential to begin with. I'm just here to see what they have. I mean, Kobe called this last season an evaluation period. I think it's really tough to evaluate this team given just everything going on around, especially with COVID. Um, I think this is the true evaluation period to see what you have with a lot of these young players because Sexton's extension is going to be on the line this summer if they don't agree to something before the season starts because I imagine that's what they'd like to get it done by. Yep. Garland will be extension eligible. Okoro's in the following off season, like They have to start figuring some of these things out. So you need to take a long, hard, honest look at where you're at. Where you're at. Either pull the plug and make a win now move, or you keep riding this out. Maybe it costs you your job, but you put the Cavs in a better position going forward. And I think honestly, you try to maximize Evan Mobley's potential so that he can grow a little bit of a quicker rate too. Because I think I know Kobe said there's not going to be a lot of pressure to put this on Evan Mobley's shoulders. I wonder if he's going to have to eat those words because Evan Mobley. I still think has the potential to be the best player for this Cavs team long-term. Like Jared Allen is like the best player in this young core right now, just because he's the most consistent um, Darius Garland. If he can put it all together, can really push it over the limit too. But just to jump back to this Atlanta game, it doesn't make sense to be playing Trey young. Like you said, the Hawks really have nothing to get a benefit to gain from this. Um, it's just going to be a fun matchup, I hope. Hopefully we see some cool stuff from the Cavs and we have a little bit more positive things to talk about instead of just saying, okay, we're going to punt on this game and focus on what's next. Yeah. Um, look, if Evan, Evan Mobley, like if he's as good as, you know, like it's the, the NBA survey that came out um, on Tuesday was, you know, indicated that like the, he was the most picked player to be the best player in the league of this draft class in five years. Like, of the guys he was drafted with, he'll be the best guy in five, five years from now. He was not the pick for rookie of the year, but um, I, I, I think that that says about what his potential might be in a lot of people's minds. And I thought he mm-hmm. he arguably might have been the best player on the, on the floor for Cleveland in this game. And, like, that's not something. I If he forces their hand, that would be a really interesting outcome that I, I think isn't among the most likely things I, I would predict would happen. But it's certainly a thing that, that could be there. But, again, Cavs, Hawks, Wednesday night, 7.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Uh, my favorite, other, aside from Evan, my favorite person in the entire Lockdown Network is Brad Roland from Lockdown Hawks. I love Brad. That is my guy. Um, go look some Lockdown Hawks. Well, Brad and Sean Coleman really have the two best voices in the Lockdown NBA sphere. I mean, other than David Locke, who's quite literally the radio voice of the Utah Jazz, but... David, hopefully my check comes in the mail for that one. Send me a quarter zip while I'm at it too. Uh, that really is going to be one. It. Yeah, I, I respect that. Um, anyway, that is going to be it. Uh, we'll be back. Please subscribe on YouTube if you have not already. Please leave us a five-star rating and review on Apple Podcasts and, and hit subscribe on every of one of your platforms uh, of choice. But everyone, we'll be back again after Cavs Hawks and more stuff coming here on Lockdown Cavs. Be well.